Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Okay, welcome to the 39th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Uh, Last week, we did a replay of an episode that we had recorded with Chuck Day from the International Justice Mission. And Chuck, um, I shared a story of of a uh, child trafficking, potential child trafficking situation that I that I uh, witnessed and and some of the the lessons I'm I'm learning through that, and then we we did a replay of of that episode with Chuck where he talks about child trafficking and human and slavery that still happens this in the world and what they are doing with the International Justice Mission, what they're doing and the impact that they're having to combat that. This week I had a I was scheduled to do a recording with with a pastor friend of mine. And he had some sick children, and so he let me know that he wasn't able to make it. And I asked, I asked God this morning, who should I, who should I reach out to? Who, who, who should come in and do um, a recording? And immediately, my friend Bango came to mind here. So um, it is with a great pleasure of mine that I am going to introduce you all to uh, Bango Muzafalu. Bango is in Uganda. He is a Wonderful man that I have been getting to know more and more over the last year, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit about his story, about what he is doing um, with an orphanage in Uganda, as well as uh, an update to help help people who are you know in the in America listening to this to understand more of of what life is is like outside these um, out, outside of America here. So, Bengo Muzafalu, I am. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to to know you. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on the podcast here. So thank you for joining me on, on short notice here today. Okay. I'm really so, so glad to see Trim Ray with you here. And I um, I just feel so blessed to be here and all the Americans listen to me. My name is Bango Mzafal. The Director of International Children's Care Ministries in Uganda. You're all welcome. All right. Okay. So, Bengo, will you please start by um, telling me a little bit about who, your childhood and and a little bit of your backstory? Help us help us to understand who you are as a person. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, as I told you before, my name, I'm Bango Mzafal, and I was born in, I'm a born of Uganda in a district called Jinja, in a village called Butiki. My parents, we are born three, me, my young brother and a sister. So when we were growing up, my parents would really take a very good care of us until they died. My mom died of an accident and my dad died of AIDS. 
They died at a very young age because they left us when we were still young. They died by the time they died, I was twelve years old, and I was left to take care of my young siblings, a brother which was eight, and a sister which was only three years old. So since then, I tried struggling with life, taking care of my young siblings at a very tender age. But I thank God that I managed to take care, to, I managed to take a very good care of, of them till now. That's then recently in 2018, that's when I came up to start up an organization called International Children's Care Ministries with the aim of helping street kids, orphans, hopeless, and disabled, plus those with HIV. Yeah, that's me. Thank you. You are, uh, you're an incredible inspiration and you have a, you have such a pure heart. Um, when you, when you reached out to me, um, I was, I was, um, I had my guard up. I didn't know you, you seemed, you seemed pure, but I, I was very skeptical of, of someone I didn't know reaching out, um, as you, as you prayed for me. And as we connected, I couldn't, I, I, in my, in my heart, I felt good about it. But I just wasn't sure my, so my heart was saying yes, my head was saying, you know, proceed with caution. I don't know, because there are all sorts of, there are all sorts of people out there who are trying to get money from Americans and, and they're using it for bad. There are all sorts of people who are running fake orphanages and using them for, you know, trafficking, trafficking children. When you... I asked you to pray for my, and, and so you would, you'd send me prayers and they would be beautiful prayers. But I, I always wondered, did you, do you have some online website because your English is, is so good. Do you have some website where you were just looking up good prayers and sending them to me and you didn't come up with those yourself because they, they're, they're beautiful. And then the, the day that I asked you, um, to pray for my wife, she was as she was struggling with with some evil, and I asked you to pray for her, and you just immediately sent me back this incredible prayer, and and that was a real confirmation for me of of just how genuine you are as a person. Um, obviously, the Lord is working through you in in mighty ways. Will you tell us how you tell us about how you got to know God, where Jesus came into your life, and and how you um, how you have grown into the man of God that you are today. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for that question. Because that's what I have been waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> As I was on my way to help my looking for any kind of support to help my young siblings as I was the elder by then, 
we we spent days without eating we spent days without home we spent let me i even don't know how i can express it but it was really so hard touching and we went through a very hard time by then but then cause during that time i used to keep on going to churches asking for support here and there but there were no pastor or church that refused to give us support they stood with us mm-hmm. mostly with me and they gave us support in that sometimes we used to sleep in the church when we had no way to sleep so when i grew up and i when i made 16 years i started fetching water for people on village so that i can easily get something to feed my siblings and sometimes so that we can stop sleeping in church because we used to sleep in every church that we could find it was the only place that we could find peace you know so mm-hmm. when in that situation i came to realize that we only have to put our lives in god's hands as we used to sleep in churches we could pray throughout the night we couldn't have enough enough sleep thinking what we shall we eat tomorrow but with god's milako he helped us to earn a living and when i started working i he provided he provided to me and my siblings in that i was able to rent a room it was a small room but at least it could accommodate accommodate me and my siblings so when i went on renting that room i came to realize that there are a lot of kids outside there who are struggling like us and they, i i i went for their rescue because i started with only three kids that i rescued from a street from the street you know and i think i told you something before that i i i rescued two kids at 9 pm late night you know when i was only 10 years you know so right. god is is in everything and god is seen in everything that we do in every situation that you go through god is always there for you that's how i came to know god because of the situation that we are going through i came to realize that god is always with us no matter what situation that we go through he's always there thank you for sharing i i think so often in america and we we've we've been talking about this um lately so often in america we have life so easy we think it's hard because it's there's always difficulties the i right now inside my business i have 
I have a number of difficulties and a number of people needing stuff from me, and I feel stretched beyond my capacity. But at the end of the day, I get in my, you know, I get in my truck, I drive home, I'm in a nice office here, I drive home to my nice home, to my family where we have lots of food and a warm place. And we, we have such a comfortable life in America, so many of us, and even even the, the homeless. So the, the homeless that I you know go spend time with every Friday, they, the homeless in America live a very comfortable, safe life. And, and so we don't know hardship like you do. And I think that when you look at the faith that you have, and when you look at how God sees you and how God sees, uh, I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm sorry for everything I say wrong here because I'm not God. I don't know God's perspective, but when, when someone from America says they believe in God, but that means they go to church you know, they go to church once a week and they pray, you know, a little bit during the day. It is it is a different kind of belief when you are facing the type of challenges that, that you face and that other people in, in other parts of the world face compared to here. And I just, I believe that, that the trust that you have in God is so much stronger than so many of us here. And therefore, the relationship you have with God is so much stronger than, than so many of us have here. And I, I think it's, we look at, oh, go, go ahead, you, you go. Yes, on that, me mostly, when I was still young, taking care of my siblings, there are times that came through and I had to go on street and I started dancing on streets, you know? So when I was still on street, dancing, I started having a calling in me. My heart used to, to tell me that I have to dance for Jesus. I I used to have that love to dance for Jesus. And, and when I was always with my friends, I used to tell them that one day, one time, I will be in church dancing for Jesus. That's what I always had in my heart. And that kept me going. I don't know how it came, but let me just call it as a spirit. I just loved it, dancing for Jesus. That's beautiful. I, I, I've just been reading um, in in the uh, in the story of David. So I've been been reading in I think Second Samuel right now and hearing about how and he, he just so often G, David dances for Jesus and they dance violently, violently for Jesus and so much that his, his wife came out and condemned him for it. Um, but he, that, that's it. So that, that dancing for Jesus, that is, that is a beautiful spirit that again, that, that is an intimacy that you have with him that I, th- I think, I think we look at, we look at things and say money, 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 money. You don't have enough money. You know, you're, You've got 32 kids that that you know are in this orphanage at a and it's you know the the building you have is smaller than than most people's garage in America that they store their cars in and you've got 32 kids living there and the we look at that and say well how how you know how bad it must be for you and it is tough yeah. but I think God looks at it and sees how 
bad it is for us as Americans because you don't because we don't know him like you know him. And I, I, I think in a lot of ways we should be envious of you. Yeah. So God for us, okay, I, I do believe that God is able. Our God is able. He is capable of everything. No matter what we go through, he is always there for us. Since day one, God has been in our lives. No. He has always been there. He has always provided for us. Though sometimes there are days that go without having something to eat, you know. But at last, yeah. God provides. Because we are here, but the kids are very happy. And I am really so pleased with what I'm doing. It's my pleasure. It's my honor. Because... I really feel joy to be helping the needy, to be helping the little ones. Still, cause me, I I started I got love for children when I was still young. As I told you that I rescued two kids at night. Let me tell you how I found those kids so that on the extent that I rescued them. As me, I love the kids since I was a young kid. When I found those kids at night, it was it was 9 p.m. I asked I asked them in a joking way. Like I told them, kids, where are you going? And they were like, We are going at our mama's place. One was three years old, that was the elder one. Then another one was only one and a half a year, moving at night. So when I asked them, the, the elder one knew where their home was. But when I asked them, they, the elder one told me, and people started gathering. They told me, take the kids to the, to the chairperson, village chairperson or a village councillor, so that I can leave them there. Others told me, no, this older girl knows where their home is, take them home. So I decided to take them at their home. I carried the one, the young one, and the other one started walking. It was a very long journey to reach at their home, but indeed, the older one knew the, where their place was. So when, when I reached there, I found a padlock on the door. When I asked the, the neighbors, the neighbors told me that their parents had separated. The father, he's a drunkard, drinks all the night, and sometimes he doesn't come back home. Their mom works at a gas station. So the neighbors told, advised me, to take them uh, to the police. So I moved with the kids to the police and another neighbor helped me helped me to carry the other girl. We went to the police. Mm. They, they, the, the police went on and searched for the parents. Indeed, they found the father when he, he has already drunk. You know? And the mother came. They said thank you to me and I gave them their kids. So whenever I, I remember that that day, 
I say, God, thank you for choosing me in all. Right. Right. Okay. Will you tell us about what life is like in Africa, specifically in Uganda? Africa has a a fast-growing youth population, but disease and and most and a lot of fathers not in the homes leads to a tremendous amount of orphans. And Uganda, in particular, has a ton of of orphans. Um, will you will you help us understand what what is life really like in Uganda? Oh, at the moment, Uganda is really a struggle with life right now, mostly with the youth. Paul, the number of the youth is very large. Here, this is where you find a lot of youth than old, old and the young, you know. But as the population mm-hmm. is too high, there are a few jobs. So you find a youth struggling to earn a living. But when he has nowhere to get even a penny, that's why you find me also struggling to get a job so that I can sustain these kids with everything that they need. But sometimes I fail. So Uganda with life at the moment is really a struggle. Does the government give you money to help to help you feed the kids? Oh, the government mostly... It, it 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 does help it does help but it does with the people that they give the money to bring to the ground that money doesn't reach to the ground that's why you you see people suffering every day only are you saying that only those government workers in the in the offices are the one who always take that money and there are other government workers who are also suffering because of the people in big offices. Okay. Let me call it corrupt officials because Uganda is full of right. corruption. Right. Yeah. What, what are the churches like in Uganda? Oh, here in Uganda, churches mostly is termed as a business. You know, even if you go online and you see the churches in Uganda, most of them are doing business. They're not doing God's work. Yeah, because one day I had a friend from USA and he told me that what's this happening in Uganda because he saw a, a very big pastor in Uganda playing football in a church. Is it is it difficult to be a Christian in Uganda? To be a Christian? Yes. No, it's not difficult to be a Christian in Uganda. Okay. Yes, because here in Uganda, most people are likely to do everything that they feel. So if you're a Christian, it's free and it, let me call it, it's God willingly. You're free to do what you want as long as you're doing it in the right way. Okay. Yeah. Because me being a Christian, no one has 
to take that authority from me. Good. Will you will you help us understand what? Tell me about the orphanage. Tell me about the the, the house you have. How how you how you have thirty two children now that you take care of. Will you, will you tell us a little bit about the orphanage? The orphanage, as I told you, it's called International Children's Care Ministries. And it was registered by the government of Uganda in, 20, in 2020. So here we only we do rent where we do sleep. And this is the orphanage where um, this is one of the rooms for the kids where they do sleep. And one is here. One is here sleeping. I see him. Yes, and others are outside, others are still playing, others were having supper. Most of them are having supper, had supper by the time we started this live. And they are still there having a conversation, you know. Do the do the kids go to school? Oh, some of them that I'm able to pay for their tuition or school fees do go to school, but I would love by the beginning of next year, all most of them to go to school except the toddlers. Okay. Yeah. Who who takes care of all of the kids? I have an old old lady here who always help. Just he she just volunteers. What do you do for work, Benko? How do you make money? Me, I'm a taxi driver. And. Do you make a lot of money with there? Because you have to live, you have to provide for yourself and 32 kids plus a caretaker. How how much extra money do you have from your taxi driving to, to help pay for the orphanage? Oh, it's not all that much. As I don't have a guarantee that every day I will be working, you know? Yes. So sometimes if God provides, I get 100000 in a month, 200000 like that, Ugandan money. And how much? Yeah, what, what is that in U.S. dollars? That, that's that's uh, fifty between fifty and thirty dollars. Okay, yeah, U- Uganda Ugandan shilling is twenty six dollars and thirty nine cents. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that that's what, that's what you make a month from a taxi driving standpoint. Yes, cause even the tax that I drive isn't mine; it's for my boss. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, what is your vision? What are you trying to? Where are you? Where are you trying to take this in the future? How do you want to continue to serve, and and how do people come alongside you and help you? I I would love all our my dreams are. To be with, to to build a school, a hospital, and a very good home for their children, like an orphanage home, as long as God helps me. Okay. If someone wants to, if if any if anyone listening would like to learn more about about Bango, would like to learn more about my relationship with him and and you want to open up to, to look at partnering with him, please reach out to me directly here. You can reach, uh, you can reach me from email at eric at storehouseassets.com um, or reach us on, on any, of, any of our platforms. But I'm happy to share with you all about my conversations with Bangle, my relationship with him, 
the way that I'm partnering with them as well. And so, Bango, I appreciate you taking the time to to do this. I appreciate more than that. I appreciate the the love that you have for for Jesus and the love that you have for the children and the calling that He's put on your heart. You are you're being very selfless because you could easily turn your back and just focus on yourself as life is hard enough on our own. But, but the fact that you're willing to, to try to take care of so many other people and, and, and make that your life's calling is, is beautiful. It's honorable. And I, I, I look up to you in, in a lot of ways. So thank you. You're welcome, my dear brother, but it's all by the glory and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that I am able to do all this because without him, I could not go anywhere. All I could go, I could not go any further with this. Even I could not yes. find you if it was not God, but I just pray to, to him and honor him for having met you and for having called me in this. I also thank you so much for all the love, support, honor, and everything that you've done for us. May God bless you to the fullest. Thank you, brother. Okay. To listeners, we uh, we appreciate you. I, I Again, I hope that this isn't just a, a, a plot to try to get you to give money here. It's a it's a, um, a way to continue to open our eyes, as, as Nathan Richter and I talked a little bit before about this comfortable Western Christian life that we have, um, and how that's not, that, that is not what the Bible describes. And so as we open our eyes to what else is going on in the world, it, it should change our perspective. So I hope that you're able to grab something from this and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.